Hello, and welcome to the third season of Marking Out With My Girlfriend. This is my actual third girlfriend, if I think about it, in the sequence of people I started dating, Aaron. <laughs> this is my third girlfriend, Kat. Hey, it worked out! <laughs> I, I think it does work out. Play the music. <laughs> what if we actually played the music? I mean, then I just fade out the video in the editing and keep the soundtrack. Background pop punk? Is that the song? Yes. Actually, if you go into the, into the media server... Yeah. Or just serve in general and go to marketing out with my girlfriend. I think it's assets. It should just be theme song. It's the cut part. Okay, well, I went to my local drive. Uh, interesting story, Brad. We do have a flowchart. <laughs> yeah, we do, actually. That can be part of the episode, right? have a whole polycule map. It's confusing and hurts my brain sometimes. <laughs> I will note, Aaron, you are talking over music right now. Oh. <laughs> I can't hear it. We've both been talking over it, so it's fine. It's just part of the intro now. Okay. That's okay. all I've that's that's all the music I'm doing. Let's get let's <laughs> let's do this stupid, awful, amazing show. I love this show. <laughs> like everything is everything is off the rails already. We just start. We haven't done this in two months. We don't remember how to. What's a wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um. Okay, so Aaron, welcome to the show again. It's been the. It's been two months. What have yeah, you I... done wrestling-related in the last two months? Wrestling-related? Mm-hmm. I actually went to a wrestling show. There was a tequila expo at the convention center around me. Mm -hmm. And I held my breath for two hours to go see this. Because I didn't want to breathe anything in because I'm still scared to death of the pandemic. Reasonable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I didn't get to see all of it because I ended up leaving early because it was also like a food and drink expo. So a lot of people were using that as an excuse to not wear a mask. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I've got like half a shot in my glass still. I don't need a mask. I'm drinking. It's like, yeah, no, <laughs> does not work for me, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I got to, got to see Demand Lucha. Okay. Yeah. Good show. Very good show. They brought up a couple guys from Mexico, even. Ooh. I don't have show. my notes anywhere near me. <laughs> That's okay. I forgot we're, about this until now. Genuinely, we're just gonna bullshit for like an hour to two hours. Yeah, it's fine. No, that's what we usually do. What other wrestling things have you done in the last two months? I watched wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Um. Did you? 
Except for that time I watched wrestling and forgot all about the wrestling. Oh, that's right. Last Friday, Aaron missed the... No, no last, last Wednesday, Wednesday, Aaron missed the entire episode of Dynamite because Aaron <laughs> ate a 100 milligram edible. The entire thing. The day before our wedding, the day before my wedding, you ate a 100 milligram edible and you were a part of the wedding. Well, you see... You gave it to me. Yes, and I told you not to eat the whole thing. Well, it wasn't working, so I figured I'd keep going. That's how edibles happen. <laughs> it wasn't shit. That's <sighs> why a... I didn't post on Twitter. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, the edible wore off in time and you were fine for the wedding. Oh, yeah, I like overnight. I woke up at like three in the morning with my back hurting. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I think I'm done with this now. <laughs> it doesn't really make pain go away. It just makes you stop caring about the pain. Yeah. I was okay with that, actually. <laughs> Which is nice. Like, um, when you have restless legs, it's really nice. Sometimes, though, if you smoke too much sativa... You end up in a feedback loop between your autism and the natural rhythm of the earth that you connect with when you get high. End up becoming a metronome. Yes, you do. <laughs> and then your girlfriend has to hold you so you stop doing that. I keep looking up directly into my ring light and blinding my... Don't do that. That's amateur stuff. I know, right? Um... <laughs> But what was that you, you mentioned? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was that thing that happened, I guess it was at PAX, where um, you got into a chop contest with someone. That's not what I meant, what I was talking about, but okay. <laughs> we could do this story. And you lost that one, too? Okay... And then there was that time last week where we where you challenged someone. I, I forget exactly who and what the circumstances were, but I think I seem to recall you tapped out. <laughs> so one, it was overhand chops. These were penta chops. Those suck. <laughs> Two, I wasn't wearing a shirt. That was and your Kat choice. That was. That was entirely so your choice. Just because I'm not a bitch. And I can say I that because you're wearing the ears. <laughs> so I I chose to wear a shirt because I have Catholic residual Catholic guilt from when I was raised Catholic and don't like being naked. So it's your it's your fault. You see, I wasn't raised Catholic and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and three, you bit my friggin' toe. <laughs> Okay, and maybe next time get good. Don't I'm get it. I'm the one with the foot fetish. What are you doing, biting my toe? Explicitly getting you to tap out. <laughs> it was such bullshit. You're the one who tapped. Yeah, because you were biting my toe. Barely. And Emma wasn't paying attention to do a five count. <laughs> well. I had till five, and you tapped out at like two. Because <laughs> there's no cap going on. 
So Aaron has a case of tap out itis, and I am two and zero oh against Aaron. Uh. Now to be fair, I did end up winning the match we had. Emma counted that one. That was after the chop contest. Oh, okay, fair. I, I'm two and one then. There you go. Yeah, cat worked teal. Who could have seen no, that coming? No, 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 I worked toe. <laughs> God, I hate it here. <laughs> Hi, Moki. You've come in a very delightfully weird time. <laughs> Oh god, the energy. Okay, but there was something else you mentioned there. I was high before your my wedding. Yeah, yeah, I got married last week. Been married for a week and a day. So does that mean you're off the market now? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got one drink out the nose. Oh, good night. Good night. I am absolutely thriving off of the very, very, very manic energy that we have right now. <laughs> oh, man, this is this is something. And like, I'm not even I, I'm just like this. Yeah, no, I, I prefer you not be high for the show. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be coherent for the show if I was high. I don't get high that often. Except when I'm on vacation. Then that I get high every day. the entire week. That's not true. I didn't get high on my wedding night. Because I was no. too tired. We were all very tired after that. The drinks were good, though. Yeah. Well, I was the DD, so I'm going to trust you. You did a very, very wonderful day. Thank you for that. Yeah, and then both I drank when we got back to the apartment. Yeah, that's fair. We, we both appreciated it. Uh, so, there's wrestling that happened this week. There's wrestling that's happening in a couple of hours. There's, there's wrestling, wrestling that's, that's happened tomorrow. in the last two months. There's, re there's too much wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling. I think there I should be less wrestling, and all of it should be harder to watch. <laughs> okay, fucking Nick Khan over here. <laughs> Also, none of the wrestlers should be wrestlers. They should all be former athletes. Except and we're going to fire all the people who could train them properly. Except Braun Breaker. He's allowed in. Yeah, I know. But we have that to fire Samoa Joe before he can wrestle because we can't have a Steiner going up against Samoa Joe again because it makes math non-Euclidean. Mm. Anyway, so how do we want to do this? Do you want to go over some key points that happened over the past couple months? If you want to, I don't remember anything. I remember Hangman won right before, right after our last show, I believe. That's right. That was that weekend. Wow. Wow. In an amazing match. An incredible match. I 
you think that it might not have been I there are moments in that match that I remember very dear very fondly to turn down my ring light <laughs> so I don't blind myself uh, there are moments in that match that I like I remember being incredible Kenny kicking out of the one-winged angel at one. Oh my goodness. I was so excited for that because that's been the main talking point for the past two years. Is nobody like, has ever... kicked out of this thing? Nobody not named Kota Ibushi has ever kicked out of the one-winged angel. Nobody who hasn't slept with Kenny Omega has kicked out of it. We can't confirm that. Eh, fair enough. Nobody, not the only people able to kick out of the One Wing Angel are the Golden Lovers. Yes, that's the easiest way to phrase it. <laughs> but I remember even watching that match, sitting here going, "Oh my goodness, are they going to do the One Wing Angel spot? Is he going to kick out?" And then Hangman did it, and Kenny kicked out, and I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, that was. Frankly, incredible. Um, Hangman has put on such great matches as Champ, too. The I mean, his two, two of them. versus Danielson. That He's... whole lead-up, too, mm -hmm. where Danielson taking on the Dark Order to get to Hangman was so good. Because, like, typically with something like that, you have the heel make the baby face run a gauntlet to get to them. Now, we recently saw that with, like, MJF and Jericho. Right. But in this case, you had Danielson working heel put himself through a gauntlet. Right. It, it's, leading up. <laughs> it's an incredibly Brian Danielson move. Mm -hmm. Wherein he, like, does this unnecessarily difficult thing to challenge himself because he's just that good and wants to have the challenge. Yeah. He just pushed himself that much harder. He's constantly pushing to be better and pushing himself to like take that next step because he knows going through that gauntlet of the Dark Order is only going to make him better when it comes to understanding the psychology of Hangman. Yeah, and he's going to get in Hangman's head at the same time by putting his friends through all that bullshit. Including kicking out Colt Cabana's teeth. That's okay. Colt or at least Cabana's the calves. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Only Colt. Fair. Silver's match was incredible, though. Oh, yeah. Silver's was very much standout in that whole thing. I would think Angels is also, like... Mm -hmm. Almost mm -hmm. as good as Silver's. It's the thing, like they they clown on him a lot, but Five is a good wrestler. He hangs with those top guys like no one else, really. Like, as it's thing to see how like these, and you, you might you might call them like Gen One AEW might not like 
five is definitely not a gen one talent no he was very early pandemic he was a gen two talent but but even so like there's a lot of gen one talent in aew that like doesn't get the same spotlight but when you mm-hmm. see them get the spotlight they can go oh yeah and like i i wish people like silver were booked to win more often because on tv dark <laughs> yes i at this point i do not count aew dark or elevation as being real matches like they're enhancement matches to make it seem like people are better than they are because of the records yeah company where the records matter throwing a bunch of local indie wrestlers at you know, your primetime talent to pad their stats so that they can eat a bunch of losses is iffy. It made sense getting going and through like the really low points of the pandemic, but it doesn't do as much now. <laughs> I no, it think. doesn't. Because, because especially because, so like, when Dark was at its peak, or like when it kind of was the thing that everyone watched, every day, mm-hmm. it was because there wasn't a lot of alternative on TV. There wasn't a lot of alter, and by on TV I mean streaming. Yeah, because indie wrestlers shouldn't. Not shouldn't couldn't wrestle because of the pandemic. Indie shows are going again, and like, there's other stuff to watch on Monday night. Or there's other stuff to watch on a Tuesday night. Yep. If you use an IWTV subscription, there's a lot to watch anytime you want. Yeah, you can go to our affiliate link, which is somewhere. I don't think we have Nightbot on this channel anymore. No, we don't. I think um, the affiliate link... The affiliate link for... Uh, the Sosa's Media... Just use coupon code Sosa's Media when you check out. That that works. Or go to an episode of Chicks with Dice and read the episode description and then find the link there. <laughs> and or while you're there, download an episode of Chicks with Dice and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Media. I, this is, I'm ironically shilling, but also it would be nice to get some more money. (laughs) Yeah, no, we had a bit of a drought there, so we gotta remind everyone we're back. (laughs) Yeah, we had a, we're, we had a content drought because, um, hey, hey guys, hey, hey friends, hey everyone in chat, planning a wedding's fucking hard. Yeah. Planning a wedding in like a month. Is next to impossible. Yeah. And I fucking did it. Yep. Mostly by myself. <laughs> because Emma's very busy. And I respect that their priorities were focused on certain other things. And I needed to step up and handle that. And that's part of our marriage is that we step up and handle things when the other one can't. You know? Yeah, no. I am never getting married again. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be good here. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once. 
Aaron has been married for a very long time, Moki. Yeah. <laughs> Emote. Emotes aren't ours. <laughs> Which emotes? Praise and pets? If I didn't see enough of that already. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Where were we? So, Hangman and Danielson. Hangman Nielsen, right. Hangman and Paige. <laughs> it's been a while since we've said that. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, we got to the Dynamite for Winter is Coming with Danielson and Hangman. And title matches in AEW have a one-hour time limit. And then it's just a draw. Mm -hmm. And with the champion's advantage, that means the champion retains. So they went the full hour. Yep. And Aaron, how was that match? Oh, it was amazing. They paced it so well. Like, the only low points they really did were during the four commercial breaks. And they timed those perfectly to get back in as they came back. Mm -hmm. And... The finish, where Paige gets into the ring and hits a hits the lariat as the bell rings for one hour. It was he, just so good. Three more seconds is all he needed. Yep. Yeah, no, it, it was a beautiful match, well put together. They both ran it so well. And like and you then, got to watch. An hour of world-class wrestling. Yeah. Right at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they had some other matches on that show, but frankly, nothing was going to hold a candle to that, right? Yeah. No, not not really. Like It, it kind of blew everything else out of the water right at the start. It's, it's what you're talking about going into the next week. And then this week on Dynamite, they did the rematch, because you've got to have a winner. Of course, you need to know who's going to win. And for this one, Danson decided to bring out some judges for it. So they had Paul White, they had Jerry Lynn, and they had Mark Henry. Out there ready to judge. Now, judges are something AEW's done three times now, I think. Okay. I think it's been three times. Um, it's never gone to a judge's decision. <laughs> I know someday it's going to, and it'll probably be disappointing, actually. I could see situations where judges... Okay, is, is a judge's decision a majority rules, or is a judge's decision required to be unanimous? It's usually majority rules. Okay. So the thing is, because it's wrestling and the winner's pre-selected, they will already have their decision. And you just know there's going to be like a huge botch in the middle of that match that should sway the decision, but it won't. <laughs> and it's just like, that's just irony and fate working there. <laughs> right, but like, if it goes to judge's decision, then it's a subjective loss and 
I would think a judge's decision would be a indication to continue the feud. It could be, yeah. So a judge's decision does not have to wrap up the feud. No, and no. in that respect, it can be a good part of building a Mm-hmm. Especially if you put in like an intentional botch. If you do an intentional botch, that's different. Then you're just uh, Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> now hold on, Aaron. That sounds like cancel culture. No, I can actually talk about that after this match because I thought it was really neat. Okay. Um, as long as you're not trying to cancel someone for no, I loved it. <laughs> a shitty thing that they did, like Marty Skrull. <laughs> okay, I I'm okay. This I, is I, a this is mostly me being very very annoyed with Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, did he do that? Oh. oh Yo, yeah, fuck. his whole cancel cancel culture sweatshirt thing. Oh. Did you miss that? Yes. Oh. I, I was oh, not paying attention to that. No, my whole last five minutes of routine is ruined. Yep, because I don't pay attention. So let's finish this up real quick then. Sure. Page Danielson 2. They only went 30 minutes, but it was a slug test of 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're both bleeding. They're both out of out of juice. Um, Danielson even does like the Kenny exhaustion faint at one of the uh, buckshot lariat attempts, which I popped really hard for. I saw some people who who were very upset they took that spot, mm-hmm. but like. I liked it. I liked the use of it. I think it's a clever hint of the way that Brian Danielson approaches wrestling. He studies past matches, right? Like, he Mm -hmm. is someone who reviews tape extensively. And seeing that whole, like, use of something from Kenny's arsenal says that Danielson knew somewhere in the back of his mind if I just fall flat here I'll be okay Mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense from the way that they're portraying his character for him to do that and I don't get why he would be upset about that Uh, because meta Lee it could be seen as taking a spot so I like the use of it I don't <laughs> not take even even like even even if you're being meta about wrestling like we don't know so even if it would be taking a spot let's let's I will concede that that is a possible thing you could do just like stealing a joke If you ask the fucking EVP of the company, hey, can I do this spot? And he says, yeah, that, yeah that'd be great. Me, Kenny Omega. I'm hopped up on caffeine and sugar. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like Kenny Omega. Uh, them... You don't have to tell the fucking audience that you got permission to use that spot. You just use spot. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, obnoxious sparkism again. Like, I understand wanting to understand the industry. Frustrating when people overanalyze and, like, rush to defend things that don't... Or rush to take offense on behalf of wrestlers for things that they're not offended by. Like, they're adults. They can speak up for themselves. Kenny is an EVP at the company. If... Could... If he wanted it to not happen, could have said, "Don't have, don't do it." Like it's frustrating. No, yeah, it can be. But they did that. They did. A, they did a really good over the rope suplex bit. And in the end, Page did get his win over Danielson. The first loss Danielson's lost taken since leaving WWE. And, you know, our AEW champion is very legitimized by this whole feud. Yeah, especially against someone like Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. So, where do you think Hangman X? Okay, I honestly think we're going to see him and MJF. Probably for double or nothing. Okay. I expect MJF to win a double or nothing. Because I'm expecting Hangman to have a shorter reign this time. And then build back up to winning again near the end of the year. Like full gear or all out kind of thing. Because... One of the leaked things from before is that Hangman's story is about two years long. So that first year, plus pandemic, uh-huh. <laughs> is getting him to the title, dropping it again, and getting back up to it. That's like the big start of the company Hangman storyline. Right. Now, from the rumors I've heard. Is it possible that that storyline has been amended because of the pandemic? And it was his, like, him losing and going away for paternity leave was kind of a reset on that. I don't think so. I think if they're going to have a big multi-year idea for him, they're going to play it out, even if it takes a little bit longer than they originally planned. Because they can. They they write the scripts. <laughs> they can do what they want at their own speed. True. And that is a good point. I don't know if it's MJF, because MJF is going to get powerbombed into paste by Wardlow. <sighs> okay, Wardlow is definitely going to turn on MJF. Yes, that's got to happen. It's definitely going to, like, begin. Is it next week? MJF and CM Punk have a match? Or is it two weeks? I don't remember. 
No, it's next week he has the match with Wardlow, and then they'll set up with CM Punk another time. I expect Ward Wardlow to lose next week and, like, get berated by MJF again, and it just becomes, like, deadly obvious where they're going. <laughs> you th okay, Aitsu says that Adam Baby Cole should be the person to beat Hangman. I think that is the case. Adam Cole beating Hangman, like... That would be really good. Also, I should clarify that I am calling him Adam Baby Cole because that's what they called him at Triple Mania. Yes, they did. Oh my goodness, we watched Triple Mania in this time. Yes, we did. <laughs> what a bonkers night that was. Mm -hmm. Where we switched to the Spanish commentary. Despite none of us speaking any Spanish. Because the English commentary was so boring and so inaccurate. It just, it wasn't, it was people trying to do commentary for the first time at a pay-per-view. It, I don't want to say it was bad because they were trying their best. It was unpracticed. It, they didn't know what they were watching. Mm -hmm. like, like, it was Matt Stryker on the call. Like, he worked for Impact for years calling all their stuff. They just, they didn't know the AAA product. They didn't know who the people were, what they do, and who's the good guy or the bad guy. And to be completely honest, that is, I'd say in large part due to the fact that AAA's reach into the U.S. has been limited. Because of yeah. bad deals. I'm hopeful that with the fact that they were on fight for this that things will start to progress in such a way that AAA is able to bring Lucha Libre more readily to American audiences fucking adore Lucha Libre so you know what they could do in theory maybe if they're really good at negotiating they could call up AEW and they could say, hey, can we borrow Alex Abrahantis and Thunder Rosa and Dasha Gonzalez? I mean... Because they can translate the Spanish when people are in the ring talking. They probably have a better idea who everyone is. I mean... Just from... <laughs> just from exposure to Penta and Phoenix. Wrong. That would be fucking cool. Really fucking cool. Send so, Taz. <laughs> Eddie Kingston on commentary is just a dream. But yeah, that, no, that was a fun event. I like. First of all, whenever we watch AAA, my favorite thing to do is look at the jumbotron because during the matches they have ads running on the jumbotron. <laughs> yep. And. I always pop whenever there's an ad for the food bucket. It's like, <laughs> there's, there's these ads for like, I don't know if it's survival rations or what, but it's literal like five gallon Home Depot buckets of food. <laughs> yep. And they're like, the food bucket's back! And then it's gone as soon as Aaron looks. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> It's it's a thing. 
it, it's a good compliment to the matches. Yeah, I just I, I think it's fun. I like good condiment it, to the matches. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so fucking warm. Oh, I killed her. I'm sorry. It's very. I turned my heat up maybe a little too high. Um, or it's the alcohol. Probably some mixture of them. All the above. Cocktail. Um. Okay, what else did we have to talk about? Oh, um, we watched a very important match last week. Which night? There was a match that happened literally as I was getting married that I've wanted to watch right. for two years. years. <laughs> oh, what was that match? Tell us all about it. So that match was part of one Avery Good, comma, professional wrestler. Farewell tour matches. And it was somewhat of a rematch. And mm -hmm. it was a Lucha de Apuesta. Ah, oh, I love a good Apuesta. And it was, as mentioned previously, Avery Good, professional wrestler. Mm hmm. And Big Dan champion. Mm hmm. Versus. The Outfielders <gasps> in a mask versus mask match. Their oh, cat, you might say, and Aaron was about to say. <laughs> Continue, Aaron. But Avery Good doesn't wear a mask. No, not anymore. But the stipulation was... If he lost, he must remask and finish his career as Dasher Hatfield. Oh my goodness. Yeah, right? What an exciting he stipulation for a incredible match. Between four people who have had great matches. Now here's the thing. I'm gonna hang up a curtain rod, and I'm gonna spread some curtains onto it, and I'm gonna peel them back just a little bit. Uh-huh. The, the names Dasher Hatfield and Boomer Hatfield are still owned by Mike Quackenbush. Yep. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, but, like, if you were paying attention at all, you'd know how this match was going to end. But it was a two out of three falls match. With proper lucha tags. With proper lucha tag rules. And it was awesome. Oh my goodness. They spent so much time just throwing Boomer out of the ring to beat on Shay. Oh, and I love Lucha Tag. Beating him, beating him down, beating him down. Eventually, they get the pin on Shay. They have like the minute to regroup. 
and things go wild from there and like boomer comes back and gets the second of three falls because mm -hmm. you never have a two out of three falls match that ends after two falls if you do it's on a weekly show and no one really cared to begin with exactly <laughs> and it just continues to escalate and escalate and escalate and after the second fall like boomer's going for sleeper holds the same way that he beat dasher when dasher hatfield was dasher hatfield he's trying to beat avery good the same way but avery good is a professional wrestler and as his entrance music would have you believe he is the best the best the best the best, the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. There was a spot during this match where when he came out, he was standing there in the middle of the ring, arms raised. Like while, he does. While he, like he does when the best, the best, the best is playing. It stops. He puts his arms down. He raises them back up and it starts again. <laughs> And him and Dan are just walking around like this on <laughs> the outside. <laughs> it was very funny. When did Ortiz get there? Oh my goodness. Okay, little interjection. Avery Good had a dark match right before Dynamite in Newark. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish that it was against Ortiz now. Just so they could out the best each other. <laughs> Um, Interjection that, done. So actually, that does lead me to my next thought. Because Avery Good's farewell tour, he mentioned six more matches. The dark match does not count towards that total. Nope. Because very recently, a hashtag started going around. Hashtag sign Avery Good. As they should. Absolutely, they should. I mean, My like, AEW God, is... Good kind of dealing with some roster bloat at the moment. Yeah. Like and they're coming up on the two to three year thing where they're gonna start or contract's gonna start like expiring. Hitting hitting that halfway mark where they get renegotiated. Mm -hmm. And people look at where they are and how, how they're doing in the company and where they want to stay or go. So like for the most part it should even itself out. I suspect that there will be some departures. I suspect that there will oh, yeah. be some people who go to WWE. Yep. And I think that's good. Like, ultimately, having the ability to work and negotiate and have somewhere else to go is good. It's best for everybody. So I'm glad. I'm like, I'll be glad to see people choose to go somewhere else if the contract isn't right for them. You know? Yeah. And it's like we've definitely seen some people over the past couple of years who just aren't the best fit. They they definitely have an idea of going somewhere else with what they're portraying. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They're not getting locked in, so that's a really good thing. Right, they're not stuck. Uh, who in particular are you thinking of that like might want to go somewhere else? 
Oh, now you put me on the spot. I would think that <laughs> I, I, as important as he has been in the first two years of the company, I don't know that Janela sticks. Probably not. He's not being used just straight like, up. Like, same kind of thing with, uh, like, Leva Bates isn't being used where she is. She, had, she started really strong and they just haven't, so it's like, maybe now they can look into that and go, what can we do here? Um, I know, like, Kylene King hasn't been appearing because she's been doing more indie and NWA stuff. Mm -hmm. that, that has been working out great for her. Yeah, I think, like, you'll see a lot of, um, Nightmare baby graduate to go and do something else. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think going somewhere with a different training staff, with no hard feelings, no resentment or like anything like that. You're going to end up with more well-rounded, better wrestler overall. Yep. Without with like without a doubt. You get better quality wrestler from having them have diverse experience. And AEW has worked very hard to build up a diverse roster of training staff. But it is ultimately still the AEW product. Going somewhere else will get you experience working with someone who you haven't worked with before. It'll get you the experience of being trained by someone you haven't been trained by before. And that results in better wrestlers. Like if you, if you like take, um, take Danielson. He's tremendous credit, part because he's, you know, John Laurinaitis' son-in-law. <laughs> he doesn't want to make Christmas too awkward. To WWE for helping him become a better wrestler. Mm -hmm. And I don't disagree with that. You know, like, he learned things that he wouldn't have learned on the indies there, and his stock went up. Yeah. Like, going to other places, as long as you're not in a perpetual contract is good. Look at Omega. So do you think retires? Semi-retires? Finds a different contract where he wrestles less? I would definitely think maybe wrestling less for Omega. We'll have to see what it's like when he gets back. We have to, if we have to give him to cover Omega, I don't think it's Worth a yeah, we, we have to wait for him to recover and see, like, what is more lasting. I would like to see Kenny come back. I'd like to see him be a champion again. Yeah. But if it's not in the cards for him, cards for him. Yeah, I know, like, Kenny Omega has, like, Nothing to prove in the wrestling oh, industry. Oh, oh, oh. Eitzer says talking about his path to where he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I completely misread that. <laughs> I 
just went off it. Oh, God. Okay, so yes, no. Kenny Omega's path and the people he's worked with, companies he's worked with, is what makes him a world-class, top-tier, phenomenal wrestler. Oh, yeah. Starting with DDT, moving into Even New his Japan. Indie work before DDT. He had to get noticed before he went to DDT. Well, you see, he just flirted with Coda at that point. Yeah, he got noticed <laughs> by Coda, which is when he made friends with Michael Nakazawa in order to more effectively flirt with Who would then translate their. <laughs> yep. Which, when they were tweeting at each other last year, and Nak was translating, that was so oh, adorable. That was the most beautiful lover spat I've ever seen. <laughs> and yeah, like, especially with Kenny Omega, when you, when you started off with, like, the very comedy route, like, going to the WWE training camp and working a, a match around his opponent's ass... <laughs> into wrestling a blow-up doll. And then the matches with now, Koda. Now, hold where... on. Yoshihiko is a very legitimate wrestler. Oh, I know. Like, it's a big step up. But then, like, the matches with Koda, where they got to, like, that New Japan quality and were able to move to there and experience that whole thing. Yeah, I know, like, Kenny's story is really what we're talking about other people having a chance to work up to. Right, to, to gain. It's, it's, it's a, it is a thing to have more people working. You know, like that, at the end of the day, that is what it comes down to. Yep. Okay, so talk about. Oh, we 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 got distracted. We never talked about the finish to the two out of three falls. Nope, we didn't. Us <laughs> get distracted. Yeah. So um, at how they how the finish went. So it went, it was basically Boomer and Avery in the ring. Dan and Shay were taken out of the match at that point. Dasher hits a DDT. <laughs> Avery Good, who could have been known as Dasher Hatfield again. I'm not that wrong. Hits a DDT on Boomer for two, surprising everyone because no one's kicked out of that since... He started this indie run. Go back and forth a little bit more. And he hits a second one. A second DDT. Pins Boomer. Who then has to unmask. Originally, Avery was like very excited to take Boomer's mask off. In comparison to Boomer, who was not happy at all about removing Dasher's. Right, he was very reticent to remove Dasher's mask. In fact, yep. so reticent that Dasher ended up pulling his own mask off and saying, see, you couldn't even do this. You won this fair and square and you're so much of a failure you couldn't even take the mask off. Yeah. 
Which was Shay. like... Yeah. Such good heel work. It doesn't stop there, actually. Shay chased them off with a hockey stick. Mm -hmm. So they're gone. Boomer's allowed to unmask himself. And they give him a towel to cover his face. Like they did for Avery Good. Those they years being ago. Shay. Yes. Shay did all those years ago. And Boomer refused it. Just such great play off the old story. It it is it's very very rare that do this kind of long term storytelling. It can be a lot more difficult over several companies and even several years. Yeah, I mean like this one ended up happening at Pizza Party Pro Wrestling, yeah. which is I think it's Cheeseburger's promotion. Possibly? I actually don't know. I think so. Because, like, if it was going to happen anywhere, it would have probably happened at the now questionably status Camp Leapfrog. Yeah. I'm hoping they come back. I understand if they don't, but I'm hoping. It was... Yeah. Uh... Just... It hit in a way that didn't hit. That, uh, that like, a lot of other matches don't have the opportunity to hit. Because mm -hmm. You have been watching this. You know this has been going for not just two years, but longer than that. Like, since Dasher's heel turn in Hara. Yep. That's how ever long since, it's been. Ever since Boomer was, like, coming out of the factory. What are they called? The factory? I don't remember. Wrestle, Wrestle factory? factory, yeah. Yep. So you have this kind of, like, really in-depth long-term storytelling... The kind that we praise in AEW happening in indie wrestling. Yep. Across promotions. Yep. So they definitely had encounters in Camp Leapfrog. Hmm? In addition to doing all of their own stuff as well. Like, this has not been a laser-focused thing, like, get all the points and get it get a, get it in it's like no they've been working normally around this for so long i'm really really say that handled right it has been emotionally devastating it has produced two of my favorite all-time matches yep. like there was a thing on twitter last year of um, something like what, what was, you know, um, it, something like um, tell me about your favorite wrestling match in four pictures or something like that. Yeah. Or tell me about a wrestling match you've watched multiple times or something like that. And the match that I chose was the original Apuesta, 
where Dasher Hatfield was unmasked. Then Picara Grand Champion Dasher Hatfield was unmasked. And it was like it's still one of my favorite matches because it it's one of okay. So like I don't remember the exact run. It, it wasn't, wasn't like, that long super long. But when you watch it that first time, even knowing how even knowing how it finishes, even knowing that Dasher Hatfield unmasks at the end. Mm-hmm. That match takes so long. <laughs> they draw it out perfectly. In such a and I mean that in the most incredible way possible. Because mm -hmm. that match draws you in and you're on the edge of your seat. You pay for your entire seat, but you only need the edge. And then you're stuck. Eyes glued to every single detail of this match. And time slows down. Mm-hmm. While you watch beat after beat happen. Because, like, the first time you watch it, you're like, I didn't think Boomer moved that slowly. Because you're so wrapped, everything goes. You're watching oh. everything. It's like, well, well, wait a minute, Boomer's faster than that. Yeah, he is. You're just watching this match in slow-mo, <laughs> baby. <laughs> and then you watch it a second time, and you're like, wait, that was like a... 10-minute match? I, I thought that was like, like an hour. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> and yeah, like, there are so many matches I can go back and say that about. So many Bret Hart matches I can say that about. <laughs> like, the matches didn't take that long, but you're so invested that it feels like it should. It's the match has a nine point four rating on Cage Match, which is basically unheard of. <laughs> no, it so good. They tell the story perfectly. Everything about it, and then from there they went into the King of Trios weekend together. Yup, because <laughs> she really wanted to have them both on a team. <laughs> I would like. For someone figure out how to do a weekend long trios tournament yeah I would love to see if the rumors be true and AEW bring in a trios title and have it defended over a weekend I don't know if they're up for the production and logistics of it because I think it would be a very interesting thing for AEW to have a trios tournament. Mm-hmm. Where the winner gets, like, a trios cup. But, like, it's seeded with a lot of indie talent in the tournament bracket, too. And the indie talent has a chance to wrestle real matches. Yeah. 
trios G1. Oh my god. The oh. T1 climax. Okay. I love the G1. It's such a cool idea. It really pulls you in for like that month it runs. But it also runs for like a month. Hmm? I get halfway through and it's like, oh my goodness, there's still more. Yeah, and like, I don't have much interest in watching. I'm going to be very blunt. New Japan is very anti-fam. Like, they will take down your tweets if you post a screen cap. Yeah, between them and the uh, television company, they're going to find you. So, I'm just going to watch DDT instead. Like, DDT loves when you post screen caps of their stuff. And we can watch TJPW with the same account. And... And continue to watch Gato Move on YouTube. Oh... I love them. I like unironically. I think Gato Move one of my like favorite promotions. It's it's that real punk mentality to it. It's got a very like so the the vibe is very punk. Like it's very DIY. It's very mm -hmm. like we've got this space we're going to use. It's got the vibe of like we're doing this because we love it. And then you have these people, these, particularly the women, getting trained by Emi Sakura while this is happening. Mm hmm And it's like, you're at this, like, it's, it's got, like, the, the aesthetic is very, like, shiny and bright and cutesy. It's like cutesy crust punk. <laughs> okay. I I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's incredible and like more people should be watching Choco Pro. More people should be watching their YouTube channel where they do regularly do drink and poem. Oh my god, those are my favorite things they've been uploading from AEW. They'll, basically, they'll, like, get whoever is at AEW at the time, and they'll challenge them to rock, paper, scissors. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, Choco Pro and Tokyo Joshi, what was the Tokyo Joshi show we watched? When was it? Um, I know the one you mean. Yeah, I can't remember. It was remember. a great show. Um, it was the one where we tried to watch it overnight and I fell asleep before Saki-sama lost. Yep, and I was fading real fast despite having a nap. Hmm? <laughs> Wrestle Princess 2? 
It was Wrestle Princess too. Yes. Thank okay. you, Aizu. Um, so that they had uh, Balian Aki as part of the English commentary team. And Chris Brooks. Yeah. Yes. And that worked so well. Because both of them knew what was happening. Yeah, and, and they both speak this... Japanese. Yes. But then you have this, this like adorable little moment where um where Mesa Michelle <laughs> the evil version of Balianaki's normal tag partner, Mesuruka, <laughs> is wrestling, and Aki is just burying her the entire time. She's so evil. She's a witch. I hate her so much. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, it's clear that they are very good friends, and yeah, like. That kind of like, um, that kind of like, burying your friend as a joke in a super exaggerated way so that everyone understands it's a it's it's a bit. Well, also putting her over. <laughs> yes, it's like, it's a very 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 rare commentary skill. Mm -hmm. I think Aki does a very good job, and like I I have tremendous respect for him. Particularly as a um gosh, I, I don't wanna get I think he's Indian. I'm pretty sure. Yes, I just wanted to make sure that I got it right. Yeah. Um But like yeah, at, at like when you particularly I have a lot of respect for a Indian man going to Japan, learning to wrestle in Japan and becoming like a relatively successful at least stably employed wrestler in Japan that takes a lot mm -hmm. and he's done a very 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 good job of doing that for himself he deserves a lot of credit and he always looks like he's having so much fun <laughs> probably because he is yeah like I would be I caught part of a live stream once that him and Mace Taruga did right before May came over for AEW where he was explaining how to get through US customs. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you don't speak English or speak very oh, yeah. limited English. Getting through US yep. customs is a nightmare. Yep. And he's telling her right like they're going to ask you this, you say this. When I ask you this, you say this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Now, further into TJPW, there was also a match on that card that had uh, Suzume, who I'm pretty sure is my favorite Joshi wrestler now. Because <laughs> her entire outfit was like bee themed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I loved it so much. <laughs> Tokyo Joshi has such incredible, like, little character moments. I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It's great. You have current, as of three days ago, International Princess Champion Maki Ito. 
mm-hmm. who is now actively challenging Thunder Rosa. And we know she could just show up anywhere at any time. <laughs> oh, yeah, she is. And her tag partner is the other singles champion they have. Right, because... So, like, um... Tag partner... Uh, Yamashita. Yes. The one I follow, and I can't never remember the name of. So, like, if if you look at the um the progression of international princess championship, you have uh Natsumi Maki, you have Yuno Manase, and you have Maki Ito, and then. Thunder Rosa, who beat Ito for the championship on January 5th, 2020, and then vacated the title during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now Ito is champion again. And wants she's to prove to that, that she's loss. better than Thunder Rosa. So, yeah. as soon as she's able to get to the U.S. Or Thunder's able to get to Japan. Unlikely. Highly unlikely. Japan is on full lockdown. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense then. Like, you, if you are not a Japanese citizen, you basically cannot get into Or permanent resident, you basically yeah. cannot get into Japan. It's... Yeah, it's the same thing we had for so long here, yeah. Which is, frankly, reasonable. Yep. I would genuinely not be surprised if Canada also did that. I wouldn't... Like, I would... Maybe, maybe, maybe not with the US, but like... (sighs) They've been been doing one-offs with different countries... Uh, they followed suit with everyone else banning most of Africa a couple months ago and then going, wait a minute, this makes no sense. We just lick idiots and racists. <laughs> because we're idiots and racists. Who would have thought? But that's like and a fr- thing. That's like, Djokovic gets deported to Serbia and then immediately gets deported back to Australia by Serbia. It's just like Djokovic tennis. <laughs> Except he's not good at it. Oh, and he's complaining about how the hotel he's in has bugs and it's not like people are making fun of him for how upset he is about the quality of the deportation detainment hotel that he's in. I don't think that's the story here. But people like making fun of rich people. I don't think the hotel should have bugs in it. For the regular deportations either but personally i don't think deportation should happen but if they must happen under the current system you shouldn't hold your deportation detainees in squalor 
they are still people who deserve at least, like, bare minimum the respect to have a place to live while you await their deportation that isn't fucking a slum. Like, it's kind of unconscionable. Especially in a country like well to do in Australia. You know, Australia has massive race problems, you know, pot and kettle in this. Like, like all white countries that were settled by colonizers, Australia has massive race problems. Don't treat people like rats unless you treat rats like little, little, little cute little babies. Aaron, I think you're muted. I'm muted. Marco, do you want to say hi to everyone? I was tweaking around, so I muted myself. <laughs> Hello, little man. <laughs> say hi to everyone. Ready to say hi? Hello, it's me, Coco. I'm here to say hi to everyone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm not cutting this part. I know, it's fine. <laughs> Ow. Okay. What were we talking about in wrestling? So I've got the memory of a goldfish. We were talking about Thunder Rosa versus Maki Ito, and how it is more likely that Maki Ito will challenge Thunder Rosa in the U.S. Ah, yes, that would make sense. <laughs> I think the boy wants some attention. That stretches. <laughs> I'm saying, Kat, is there anything else we need to talk about this week? Um, we don't have anything planned, so no. <laughs> Shh, don't tell away the secrets. Oh, wait, 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 Okay, so, Paco, get down for a second. <laughs> We're gonna talk about how this is going to work, because I have a vision for a... Blood and Guts match. Oh, goodness. Okay, so Blood and Guts matches are 4v4. 5v5. 4v4. Pretty sure it's 5v5. Oh, also Hook. Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about Hook. Eventually. Okay, so the one AEW Blood and Guts. Right, it was 5v5. Never mind. Okay, so I'm one short. Okay, well, let's hear what you have. And Okay, so my idea is a match between the Elite, once Kenny can come back. Okay. And let's just call them Indubitable Epoch. Okay. 
you know, a period of time that is not challengeable. Hmm. What a weird mouthful of a name. Yeah, it's... Let's just, for the sake of ease of use, call them... The Undisputed Era. That's a much better name. So you have... In the potential future, The elite who have a freshly returned Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. You have uncoveted Matt Jackson. Yeah. You have Nick Jackson. He was just Nick's, Nick Jackson. Uh-huh. What else is there? Cody would tell you he was. I don't know. If you really feel like it, you can get the Good Brothers back. <laughs> Someone to round it out, yeah. Or Knack and Cutler. Oh, goodness. But you have to stop burying them so much. Or keep doing it. It would actually be kind of funnier if you just kept burying them and they still went into a Blood and Guts match. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, stop biting the beans. I would love to see Cutler played again. Yeah. Because his entrances were very cool. I appreciate what Goofy punching bag Cutler does for the Bucks and Adam Cole. I really missed Cutler, who was, like, king of dark. So, yeah, let's just say the Good Brothers for the sure. view. You have Adam Baby Cole. Mm-hmm. Bobby Fish. Yep. And I forget the draw. <laughs> it's like the bumper sticker thing. Who? The bumper stickers you see all over the place. They're they're like abstract fish. Kyle O'Reilly. Who had a very cool debut. And then let's just, like, I don't know, pick some, like, two more random people for... Let's just say, like, randomly, I don't know, Roderick Strong. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big Roderick Strong, Strong fan. But it could be also, um... You know, someone who hates the... Fucking hates the Elite. Plenty of those. <laughs> Johnny Wrestling, oh goodness. Someone who maybe has some bad blood with Kenny or something like that. 
Oh, there's lots of people with that. Yeah. But someone who left WWE. Oh, that'll really strike it to them. Maybe. Oh, what's his name? Is I think it starts with a J. I was thinking of someone different. Oh, dang it! <laughs> oh, I was thinking Johnny Gargano. Okay. <laughs> that could work. If Johnny Gargano is left, I actually don't remember. <laughs> I think he's a free agent. Yeah, he has. He chose not to renew his contract on December tenth. Okay. So yeah, let's just say Johnny Gargano. You know, someone who did good on NXT basically is the only yep. qualification that I have here. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now, you know, you can, if you want to, because Kenny's back, you can bring back a manager, say, like, your Don Callis. Who has shown up in the background. Mm-hmm. But that leaves things a little uneven. Okay. I'm thinking, like, maybe the shorthanded Undisputed Era needs someone to... Challenge the elite to this blood and guts map, and someone who's intimately familiar with all of these guys having worked with them, helped them get to where they are, built up a brand centered around these guys. Those are really specific requirements. Yeah, but I, I think there's a guy out there. Um, uh, the only problem is, and this is a major drawback, he is British. <sighs> okay, I, I guess the Brits are pretty good at wrestling, so that makes sense. Oh, now I can't remember his name. Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah. Steven Regal. <laughs> Recent re recently released Steven Regal. <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> okay, but you know if Steven Regal shows up, they're making a parody of that song for him. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Because I really just want to hear him on mic scream the words blood and guts. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that, that's the entirety of what I want. People saying blood and guts. Yeah. Possibly in a backstage segment where he screams it at Tony Khan. Oh. So like, AEW gets a lot of flack for just picking up old WWE guys. We've talked about this before, how 
That's a stupid thing to point out because WWE has employed everyone at some point because that was their MO. Like, literally, it, Kenny it, Omega has been employed by WWE in the past. Yeah. If you really wanted to, you could call Kenny Omega a former WWE. Trent is Matt, a former WWE guy. Matt Jackson did dark matches. Everyone. W. But if AEW at least doesn't try to sign Steven Regal, that's going to be the stupidest move possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, whatever he wants, give it to him. Even if it's for, like, a three-month feud with something, have him as a manager, don't care. Just have him on your show, because everyone loves William Regal. <laughs> He's so talented. He's crazy talented. Mm -hmm. You could not could not have had the success of NXT in the way that you had it without Nope. It just it doesn't happen. Triple H recognizes that too. Like I I feel bad because Triple H has been out for having had a heart attack and then they gutted Higher legacy because yep. WWE is also kind of a little bit succession. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Triple it's... H is here playing Kendall Roy. It's kind of funny because Triple H played his way into the family to get all these perks of where he's at. And he screwed up by having a heart attack, and it's all being taken from under him. No, what really happened was they screwed up by not figuring out a way. And this isn't a this isn't an NXT issue. This is a VKM issue. He screwed up by not figuring out a way to work with billionaire Tony Khan. Speaking of. Tony Khan shouldn't be allowed to have a Twitter. No, I'm not even going to get into that. No, we're not getting into that. Other than the fact that Tony Khan, when the revolution comes, I no longer will hesitate. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not going to post that. It did the the whatever I previously said about the Tony Hawk exception. Yeah. But Gone. um. Lilith on Twitter. Can't remember her handle right now. <laughs> At Death Carpets. Thank you. Had pointed out earlier in the week, like, with all this stuff happening around Triple H, like, there's a chance that he gets let go. It's a non zero chance. It's probably not going to happen. It's very but, small, but it is non zero. But if that were to happen, like, whatever condition he's in, like, doesn't have to be a good match, but Triple H and Cody. <laughs> it's now here's, like here's where I'm thinking about that about not that match, but what happened there. I have to imagine Triple H and Steph, they have a pretty significant share of the stock portfolio or the, mm -hmm. the market capitalization of WWE. Yeah. This is a family business. Vincent 
Kennedy McMahon not exactly a young man. The ratings have been consistently plummeting. It does not take a rocket scientist or a business genius to convince the board to remove him from power. It just takes a pretty significant amount of shares. Yep. And between Seth and Paul, there's a pretty significant amount of shares out there that might be very pissed off if Triple H gets fired. And I just, I think it would be very fascinating if WWE and Kennedy McMahon's legacy ended with a, with a bear hug takeover. It would almost be apropos. It would be poetic. Yeah. So, like, it, it's, like, some sort of, like, spurned family hostile takeover. Like, okay, tangent. We're going to keep going on tangents. Yes, we've been going for almost two hours. <laughs> no, I don't care. The Rogers Corporation in Canada. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew this where you're going, but oh, no. Oh, my God, that story. And you know what? I'm going to step out while you tell this. Can you get me water on the way back? Okay, so the Rogers Corporation is one of Canada's largest um, telecom and news media companies. If you have watched HBO's Succession, you're more or less familiar with the Rogers family. Except that where uh, Logan Roy is alive Edward Rogers is no longer with us and there is all sorts of clown shit happening in that company at one point there were two rival boards of directors who claimed legitimacy it was like it was like um, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the event. But there was the, um, when there was the Pope and the anti-Pope, and a bunch of anti-Popes were, and Popes were declaring each other the Antichrist and shit like that, it's that, but with a board of directors for a multimedia telecom company. A little bit, Aitsu, um, but also funny. Because it's a bunch of rich people having bad shit happen to them, and it's enjoyable to watch. Uh, which is also, quite frankly, why you should watch Succession. It's hilarious. I adore that show. It's so fucking funny. Um, also, Cousin Greg is the best character, but that's neither there. Um, <laughs> basically, the Rogers Corporation is going through a, like, television drama 
where the courts have to decide whether or not um what's his face the shareholder yeah ted rogers that was the previous owner they're, they're, they've all got the same fucking Edward Rogers. So Ted Rogers was the previous owner. He yeah, died. He's when he renamed Skydome. Edward Rogers, or it is now technically chairman and CEO again, or at least just yeah. He was ousted as chairman of the board by his sister and his mother. He had a majority share of the company after his father died, the inheritance. So he just fired the entire board and replaced it with his own board. That board claimed that that was not a legitimate move that he could make without approval from a uh, majority shareholder vote. He did not have the vote. He just did it because he's the majority shareholder. So it went to the courts. The courts said actually everything he did was legal. Sucks to suck, I guess. Yep. So now uh, Edward Rogers is in charge of the company and Rogers Media is still a massive, massive, massive corporate interest in Canada. They're one of two monopolies. And... They this this was all triggered like around the time that they bought one of their rivals, Shaw Communications. Yep. So things are interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because now Rogers has a bigger share of the media landscape, telecom landscape, Canada. And unilateral control is held by one man. Mm-hmm. It's a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Canada is a corporate hellscape. But hey, they keep people happy with health care. Bad health care. Glad I have the health care. Healthcare that's only good in comparison to the United States and the UK. Yep. <laughs> Come to Canada. We have healthcare that's only good in comparison to the worst two places for healthcare options. I can go to the hospital and not be charged, and I like my doctor, so... I'll keep trying to get better, but at least I have that going for me right now. Okay, but what about prescription drugs? I pay for my prescription drugs. What about your even glasses? Though the, even though the liberals have said, we're not going to let you pay for that. For... The liberals I... have been making that promise for 20 years. Yeah. And Since before had... I could vote. Yeah, and they've had control of the government multiple times since then. They haven't done shit. There's been an eight-year period, I think they didn't. Yeah, the, the Harper years. Those were fun. Ugh, <laughs> uh, this fucking country. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's rough. All right, gang. I've got a <laughs> fucking headache because I haven't had water in twenty hours. God damn it, cat. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about Hook next time. We'll be back in two weeks. I will say to every thing that I say at the end of every single episode, which is be gay. Ah, crime. Bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Yeah. So, Aaron, have we undergone any major life changes, the two of us, since we were last here? Uh, I don't know. I think it's been a pretty slow and quiet time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got these ears. Oh yeah, those did show up. They look very good. Um, I, I did change my pronouns. I got a collar that says Sub Pup on it. That one's pretty. Oh, you know what we did do? What did we do? We went to PAX. Oh yeah, we went to PAX Unplugged, which I feel very guilty about. Yeah, I mean, that was timed exactly perfectly, so... Um, I figured out the exact right way to drink the Kenny Omega, uh, Total War Redcon 1 Gamer Piss. <laughs> That's right, you did. Congratulations on the new yep. pronoun. I feel like we're missing something. We did Christmas, we did Hanukkah. That's true, I did make a lot did of latkes. Yep. You were up for a bit of it. What did we do while you were up? I'm drawing a blank on like that whole week. I I know like I brought my camera. And we took a couple. That's what it is. I got married. You got married. Congratulations. 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 <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> God okay, now that we're done doing an Evangelion bit. <laughs>